At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 348th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Claiming your inner urban farmer is easy. Grow food, share it, and name your farm. Then let the world know you're an urban farmer while supporting our podcast. Pick up your urban farmer bling, hats, and t-shirts at imanurbanfarmer.com. This Urban Farm Podcast is brought to you by the 2018 Food Revolution Summit. I say food choices are our most important factor to staying healthy. The Food Revolution Summit helps us in this discovery process. It's free, online, and features 24 top food and health experts, teaching us how to reduce the risk of the most notable diseases of our time. Visit urbanfarm.org forward slash summit to sign up for this life-changing event. Today on our podcast, we have someone who is looking to help agricultural technology startups. We're talking with Megan Volstead about the value of a startup accelerator. Megan is the executive director of Iowa Agritech Accelerator, bringing with her more than six years experience in the startup community. She has developed a deep knowledge and understanding of the best practices for managing and growing a startup from infancy. Outside the office, Megan stays engaged as a member of Young Professionals of Ames, Young Professionals Connection, and volunteers for organizations that promote the arts, health, and community betterment. Welcome to the show today, Megan. Are you ready to rock the accelerator? Yes, I am, Greg. Excellent. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at today? Sure. In my past, I have spent a lot of time working with a startup and developing that startup to accelerated growth. Mm -hmm. I was at a tech startup in Ames, Iowa, and spending so much time there, it helped to see the company through graining office locations, going through a corporate name change, and an IPO. Mm -hmm. And so that gave me a really great background and overall experience in the growth and development of a company. And when I was ready to make a change, found the opportunity to become the Accelerator Executive Director. Last year was the inaugural year for the Accelerator, and so this is exciting for me to be able to use my experience in the startup world and also my passion for building something from new, building new projects, new processes, and new organizations. And it was really a great fit. Wow. How cool is that? So before we actually get to the accelerator part, you started with a company and took them through IPO. Right. I was part of the team that helped with that process. Wow. That must have been pretty epic. What was that like? It was a great experience. I served a lot kind of in the background, helping with the support. That was a huge learning experience for me, something I think is unique that I don't know if I'll be able to do that in another company. Right. The intensity of that schedule and the considerations you have to make both internally and externally in the company was Mm -hmm. a huge learning experience. What 
industry was that company in? What were you doing there? Sure. That was FinTech, a financial technology company. And so my role specifically was in the corporate communications. I helped to develop the internal communications and supported the public relations and investor relations in the corporate side of communications. Wow. So you have an understanding of what it takes to come up with an idea and actually make it real. Tell me about that process. Right. I think that's probably the most exciting kind of work that I get to do. Mm -hmm. Starting with the ideation phase is a lot of brainstorming, a lot of research and feedback. And I think that, you know, sorting through different ideas and processes, that's a joy of mine. And then even having the broader vision of how to execute that and how to plan for a longer term results and longer term processes based off of that. I enjoy that structure. I enjoy that planning Mm -hmm. and strategic parts of that role. And so that is something that overlaps with the accelerator and my role is the Agritech accelerator as well. Uh Well, you and I get along really well because I like creating the ideas and doing the first two or three steps and then letting somebody else handle, (laughs) you know, steps four through 89 to get it done. Right. I understand. So what is a startup accelerator? It's a great question. Our startup accelerator, we work with early stage ag tech startups. And in our program, we have a 100 day program during the year where we accept up to six startups. We bring them to Des Moines, provide seed funding and provide a lot of mentorship and guidance on their business development, their product development, strategic planning and helping them get ready for their next steps, whether that be making a prototype or working with customers, doing pilot programs or raising funds. And so this is a great way, a structured way with kind of extra help to accelerate a startup in a faster timeframe than they could do on their own. So I've got an idea and it's a cool ag tech idea. What does the process look like from coming up with the idea to plugging into Iowa Ag Tech Accelerator to completing the process with you? What's that like? We work with startups who might just have a concept Mm -hmm. or a basic prototype or even a little bit further and, you know, having a prototype in place, doing pilot programs and getting ready to raise. So even if a startup who's in ag tech just kind of has a concept, has that idea in mind, Mm -hmm. maybe just formed a legal entity and is ready to figure out what are their next steps, we can help in all of those stages. And becoming a part of the cohort with our program, we connect the startups with experts in those areas to help their growth. right. That always helps. Yeah. So with our program, we have about 120 mentors who Mm -hmm. volunteer their time and then entrepreneurs and residents who are great strategic advisors in very focused areas with the team. Right. And this becomes basically an extension of their team and helps them to coordinate all of those steps that they need to take to continue their growth and success. Yeah. It's a lot of guidance that we do provide. Mm -hmm. So you don't feel like you're on your own. So you're providing guidance, mentorship, business structure creation, and are you providing funding as well? Yes. So we provide $40,000 of seed funding in exchange for equity. In addition, we provide housing and meals. We try to make it a bit easier for a startup to come to Iowa for the 100 days so that they don't have to find housing and it wow. really stretch their resources. Uh-huh. If we can help with that, we do. And we have an office space as well. And we're located in the East Village of Des Moines. Mm-hmm. It's a great community to be a part of, but it also definitely alleviates the burden of right. these logistics on a startup. 
So this isn't for just people in Iowa. Oh, correct. Yes, we would accept ag tech startups internationally and nationally. Last year was our first year, and we did only have national teams. We only had one Iowa team, so the rest of my startups were outside of Iowa. So you've been through one round of this, essentially. Right. And when does the second round start? Sure. So we do one cohort a year, Mm -hmm. and this next cohort will arrive in Des Moines May 29th. And our program will end August 30th. We coordinated that to fit in between spring planting and harvest. Should Mm. any of the startups be working with their clients and doing beta testing in field, that's important to make sure their focus is in the right place. Yep. So it's going to be a good hot summer in Des Moines, but that is a great time that we can provide resources Uh for everyone. I'm assuming at this point for 2018, your cohort is full? Not yet. Actually, our applications are still open through April 2nd. Mm. And after that process, we will go through the applications and do interviews. Uh And we won't probably announce our cohort until mid to late April. Got it. So by the time y'all are listening to this podcast, you'll have to be talking about 2019 because this actually won't air until after that April 2nd date. Oh, sure. That will be a good point for everybody to follow along and see the activities that we're doing this year. So how many startups did you have last season? Last year, we worked with five startups, and this year, we are going to accept up to six. It might vary. It might be five. It might be six. Mm -hmm. Cool. And what kind of companies are applying and getting accepted? We work with ag tech, and that can include companies working in precision agriculture, production agriculture, animal health, software as a service, companies working on data collection or mobile. It's a very broad category. And the teams we look for would certainly be early stage, like I had mentioned, working on concept or prototype, have IP potential, Mm. really solving a valid problem with a great solution. And we do identify which teams to work with during the interview process and select our cohort after that so Mm -hmm. that we can get the right information and and understand better how each team is working and what they need. So what's in this for Iowa Ag Tech? What's your payoff? Let me say that. Our goal is certainly to support the ag tech ecosystem. Mm -hmm. The companies that I work with, the mentors who are involved, our other stakeholders want to support the innovation that happens in agriculture technology Uh and being able to support that through innovators such as entrepreneurs is a fantastic way to do that. You know, you see great ideas that happen from entrepreneurs and being able to support startups and create a network of ag tech startups that are thriving and utilizing the resources that are present in many of the agriculture companies is a great initiative. Mm -hmm. How cool. So for our listeners, why is this important for them? I think really for the listeners, being aware of what an accelerator can do to support ag tech startups. Mm Mm-hmm. Because if you are out there and you have an idea and not really sure what to do or how to take it further, an accelerator can be a great resource for that. And as far as urban agriculture, the core of urban ag is innovation and sustainability. And so they might not realize that the tech involved in creating systems or working with hydroponics or aeroponics or irrigation system technology, those could all be potential for a startup and you could make a great impact by creating a company 
and taking that innovation further to really promote and further urban agriculture. Yeah. So what I hear you saying is that for all the listeners out there, if they got a great idea, this could be an opportunity to actually make it a reality. Absolutely. Cool. So I'm just going to throw this in. I've been an entrepreneur. I think I said this before we started recording, but I've been an entrepreneur for 42 years. And I have the unique view of I've started over 30 companies. Some of them lasted what I call a sneeze. And I've had two that were over 20 years old each. And I have a unique view of what it actually takes to start up a company. Yeah. And I've been through a couple of accelerators over the past decade and a half, even after having been, you know, self employed or an entrepreneur for, you know, a couple of decades at that point. But what's the value of doing an accelerator program? Because I found when I did my two, there was so much incredible value there. So share the value of that. Sure. And I think a lot of this goes back to our program specifically. We have great resources based on who our investor companies are. Mm -hmm. And so they're able to provide a lot of the expertise and guidance and even connections that you wouldn't get on your own. Oh, yes. I had a team last year who's one of their success stories was he had tried to get connected to an organization on his own outside of the program and wasn't able to get connected or get a meeting. And then after an introduction from the mentors involved in our organization, that meeting happened so easily. Yeah. And so it really does open up your network and provide you with better help and better connections, mm-hmm. which is huge. As maybe a single or two co-founders of an organization it has a great idea, but definitely needs more help and more validity from other agricultural organizations. Yeah. That's a huge piece of our program is that we can offer that through who we work with. Mm-hmm. So you said investors. Are there companies that are investing in Iowa ag tech? That's right. So our program is funded by seven investor companies. And this is where the funding for our programming and also the funding for the startups comes from. Mm-hmm. And if I may list them, they are Farmers Mutual, Hale, Grinnell Mutual, John Deere, DuPont Pioneer, Kent Corporation, People's Company, and Sukup. And so 40% of our mentorship comes from these investors. Mm. They provide the direction for our accelerator and, you know, just really are instigators in providing the support to the ag tech ecosystem and wanting to give back from their success into this kind of network of ag tech startups. How incredibly cool is that? You've got a group of seven corporations Mm -hmm. that have decided to fund Iowa ag tech to advance agriculture in this country. That's right. Wow. I love that. As you were sharing that, I was getting that tingle that was in my arms. It's like, wow, that's epic. That is really cool. Yeah, we can help make a great impact on ag tech startups mm-hmm. who are involved. Oh, yeah, exactly. So I want you to think back. You've only been through one cohort. You've had five companies. Mm-hmm. Which one for you is just like, oh, my gosh, that is so incredibly cool. Yeah, so I loved each and every one of them uh-huh. and continue to support them. So even on the off season, I'm able to keep up with what they're doing and make connections for them. One company that always stands out, we did have an Iowa company in our cohort. Uh-huh. The company is Fair Pro, And they're interesting because they were solving a core issue in a really elegant way. So the idea behind Fair Pro is to replace the heat lamp in farrowing facilities for hog production. And it reduces piglet death by the sow crushing the piglets. Uh-huh. 
technology reduces heat loss and it increases energy efficiency. And while he was in the program, identified also that he could introduce vitamin D and promote the health of the piglets as well. Uh-huh. And it was just a standout because the heat lamp is a light bulb with the metal shield. And that technology has been around for years and years and years and years. Right. But he solved this core issue with the loss of piglets by replacing that old technology. And so I think it's a good story for people out there who are problem solvers. Mm -hmm. When you're identifying what the core issue is, really narrowing it down to what needs to be fixed and how, FairPro did it very well. I'm not familiar with that process. So they use heat lamps to keep piglets warm. Right. Okay. What did they do? So instead, FairPro designed a light, one of the long light bulbs. I'm sure you are aware of kind of what they are in like ceiling, uh-huh. ceiling lights, but it's a long light bulb and a parabolic shield is on top of that so uh-huh. that the light and the heat can radiate to the shield and then down to the floor evenly. Oh, interesting. So it's an even temperature and even light distribution. Yeah. And then FairPro implemented kind of plastic curtains along the shield so that it created kind of a safe haven for piglets. So they are getting the right temperature and they're also away from the sow so that they are Mm. in a safer place. And the sow obviously needs a much different temperature than the piglets do. That's why there was such a risk between the piglets getting too close to the mother and having that potential for piglet crushing. Right. I just want to do a shout out here. This sounds like a really, really simple solution that they brought to market. I'm not diminishing this, but it's just a simple solution and they brought it to market and they've been successful with it. Right. Wow. Some of the great innovation that can happen, you know, like I had said, this core issue is this really elegant and simple solution. Wow. Cool. Yeah. So I'm going to shift on you and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed how you overcame that failure and what you learned from it. Often I have overcommitted myself (laughs) to projects and boards and volunteer opportunities. And I think a lot of people can relate to this. So my big takeaway from that was I can't provide the best value that I can to just one or two things if I'm too stretched. I like to say yes to everything. And Mm. that was a huge hurdle for me to overcome. Learning to say no was a huge lesson from that. And learning to shift my perspective to it's not a failure that I can't do everything. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's better to be strategic. And if you can be strategic, you can also be flexible. But taking care of what your priorities are and not overcommitting yourself was a huge lesson for me. Beautiful. So what do you consider your biggest success? I do consider our first cohort, our first year in the Accelerator as a success. I'm very excited to take my role as executive director for the Accelerator last Mm -hmm. year. And I think that I have a lot of people to attribute that success to, including our board, our community support, our mentors, and even the first inaugural class of the Accelerator. And so I'm very proud of what we accomplished last year. It was a great year and we can build from there. Beautiful. And what drives you? Working with people really does. I love working with people and helping them. So in any way that I can to support others and advocate for them on their behalf and help them accomplish their goals Mm -hmm. is what drives me. And that's definitely something that I'm able to do in the accelerator. Supporting entrepreneurs is such a valuable role to have. Uh Well, it sounds like you love what you do. I do. Say more about that, would you? 
I think that working with entrepreneurs is one of the most fulfilling roles that I could have because they are going forward with their passion mm -hmm. and stepping out on a limb to risk their ideas to the mercy of the professional and business world. Uh -huh. And being able to support that for them, being able to help them see success is fulfilling to me because it's, it's ultimately helping them to achieve their dreams. Yeah. I think it's interesting how you used risk their ideas. Mm -hmm. What's that about? So startups are known to be risky. And if you are an innovator and you're coming up with new ideas, you can get a lot of naysayers, you know, who want to stick with the traditional methods or are going to dismiss your idea because it may be a really young, fledgling idea, but the potential is there. And so I think entrepreneurs really do hang on to that and hang on to that belief. And so it's great to be able to support that for them. Nice. So if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why? So one book I would recommend. It kind of sticks with the theme of entrepreneurship and startups. This has been a great book for me as I've come into this role and worked with startups in a little bit different capacity. Uh -huh. It's called Venture Deals. And Venture Deals is about startups raising venture capital, about that type of funding, about the startup environment. And it's great for startups to read and be aware of what to anticipate working in the way that they do. It's also great for people who are working with startups so that you can understand it from that perspective, too. And great for understanding the entrepreneurial world kind of in general. So that's what I recommend. Perfect. And what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? I like to tell people, you stop learning when you're not challenged. And so my advice is to push yourself in new directions and embrace change because that will allow you to grow and create a really exciting, interesting career and life. Yeah, I am a big, big, big believer in lifelong learning. My listeners know that. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I'm constantly learning and really Picking what you love and doing it. I can feel the love in your heart for what you do. You love it. Yeah. You know, it gets you up in the morning, I'll bet. Absolutely. Yeah. So good for you. And all of you listening out there, if you're not getting pulled out of bed in the morning to go do what you love, maybe think of an ag tech idea and come and see Megan and go to Iowa Ag Tech for a startup. How about that? That's right. I'd love to help. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Megan. Thank you, Greg. So give me just a one minute. What is the Iowa Ag Tech Accelerator? How do people get involved and where do they find you at? So the Iowa Agritech Accelerator is a 100-day program for ag tech startups in an early stage. You can learn more on our website, agiowa.com. There are opportunities for mentorship and applying as a startup with your ag tech idea and potential investor opportunities to be involved with the funding of the accelerator and the startups. Perfect. What was your website again? agiowa.com. Perfect. And your email? Megan at agiowa.com. Perfect. So you can find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash Iowa Ag Tech. We are your urban farming resource. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and more. Also visit urbanfarm.org to find articles, podcasts, webinars, and courses. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Claiming your inner urban farmer is easy. Grow food, share it, and name your farm. Then let the world know you're an urban farmer while supporting our podcast. Pick up your urban farmer bling, hats, and t-shirts at imanurbanfarmer.com. My intent with the Urban Farm Podcast is to educate and inform. So when I find a particularly good opportunity, I want to share it 
with everyone. The 2018 Food Revolution Summit is one of them. As you listen, you will be informed, inspired, and motivated to improve your health. You'll get cutting-edge insights and information from 24 of the top food and health experts in the world. Hosted by my friend Ocean Robbins with interviews conducted by best-selling author John Robbins. This annual week-long online event is free to attend. You will learn from experts you can trust about how to improve your health and reduce your risk of chronic disease. Sign up at urbanfarm.org forward slash summit to join the revolution. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.